Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. After providing a definition of art in his short work, What is Art? Leo Tolstoy in chapter five is going to help us to understand the scope of what he thinks art consists in. What activities, what products can be called art in the full sense of the term? And so in order to understand that, we do have to think a little bit about his definition or characterization, because that will help us to understand why the things he's saying, no, no, this is art, actually would would fit into that. He gives a couple different closely related definitions. One of the ones that, that he uses in chapter five runs like this, human activity, which consists in one person's conveying to others by certain external signs, the feelings he or she or they has experienced and in others being infected by those feelings and also experiencing those feelings. So there's really a number of different components here. There's the artifactuality of it. There's some sort of external signs. Those don't necessarily have to be within a permanent medium. It could be something like singing, right? Which unless you record it disappears as soon as as you're done with it. It's a human activity. He also thinks that there has to be some sort of intentionality or consciousness there as well. And the key thing here, he talks about art as being a means of communion between different people who may be quite distant in space, time, or culture. So the communion is about feelings. The feelings are ones that the artist, the producer has experienced or at least has imagined. And then they manage to convey them to others through these external signs to such a degree that the others become, as he says, infected, right? That means they take on those emotions and they experience the feelings as well. So, you know, think about what it's like to get angry and then what it's like to notice yourself being angry. You know, we could think about a case in point, the famous painting of Napoleon's soldiers massacring Spanish civilians. You look at that and you're like, oh, this is terrible, right? That's a emotional feeling response. There could be all sorts of them. It could be bliss, happiness. It could be pleasure, which is one of the things that Tolstoy says art focuses on too much, but pleasure is, you know, within the realm of the feelings, right? And there's a lot of different kinds of pleasure. It could be pride. It could be exultation. It could be humility. It could be a sense of remorse. It could be sadness, all sorts of possibilities. Loneliness is another example as well. So that's the definition of art. And if we understand art in that way, he tells us, then we're going to see that there's quite a lot of things going on because there's so many different possibilities of these feelings. There's this passage where he says, feelings, the most diverse, very strong and very weak, significant and worthless, bad and good. If only they infect the reader, the spectator, the listener constitute the subject of art. And then he gives a whole bunch of examples of that as well. And he says that one case of this 
The simplest case, a boy who has once experienced fear, let us say on encountering a wolf, tells us about this encounter and to call up in mind, call up in others the feeling he's experienced, describes himself, his state of mind before the encounter, the surroundings, the forest, his carelessness, then the look of the wolf, its movements, the distance between the wolf and himself and so on. What he's doing there is constructing a narrative, right? That's an art form, telling stories. We all know storytellers who frustrate us because the stories they tell seem to be pointless. They don't have a beginning, middle, and end. We don't know what the story is actually about. If they're a good storyteller, we might go along for the ride. But, you know, storytelling is an art form. So what happens here? He says, all this, if as he tells the story, the boy relives the feeling he experienced, infects his listeners, makes them relive all the narrator lived through. This is art. And then he says something really interesting. Even if the boy had not seen a wolf, but had often been afraid of seeing one and wishing to call up in others the feeling he experienced, invented the encounter with the wolf. So it's the boy who cried wolf, right? This too is art. And so he says, in the same way, it's art if a man having experienced in reality or in imagination, the horror of suffering or the delight of pleasure expresses these feelings on canvas or in marble in such a way that others are infected by them. And he gives a whole list of different emotions there. So this means that art covers a wide range. And Tolstoy tells us we're used to thinking of art in a narrow sense, but there's art in a broad sense and art in a narrow sense. So he says, the activity of art is a very important activity, as important as the activity of speech and as widely spread. So that means that art is everywhere, quite literally, at least it's as widespread as speech, which includes writing as well. So what is art in the narrow sense? This is what we offer classes in and have curricula about and blogs and videos and all of that sort of stuff. He says, in the narrow sense of the term, we call art only certain of its manifestations. So we call some of the things that are in the broad sense art, art. And that's the narrow sense of it. He also says we single these things out and give them special significance for whatever reason. What are some examples? He says, we're accustomed to regard as art only what we read, hear, see in theaters, concerts, and exhibitions, buildings, statues, poems, novels. Now, of course, we could expand this in our own time, right? We could say, well, we now recognize textiles as art. We go to the museum. Ah, we went to the museum, right? There you go. It's still art in the narrow sense. It's what the people who are the intelligentsia, the elite, have chosen to call art, what the textbook producers call art. It can expand and take in other things. It can be more democratic or more inclusive or more representative, whatever terms you like, right? But it's still this cordoned off domain that doesn't include as much as would fit under this definition. So what else fits under there? Here's some examples that Tolstoy himself gives. He says, the whole of human life is filled with works of art of various kinds. Lullabies, singing to a child, jokes. That's an interesting one. Joking around creates works of art, according to Tolstoy. Mimicry, imitating another person, imitating an animal, imitating something else. Home decoration. Now, this is something that I think many of us would recognize in our own time as involving 
artsiness, right? We often say, well, there's arts and then there's crafts. And Tolstoy would say, it's a continuum. They're all part of it. So home furnishing, home decoration, which by the way, Aristotle talks about in terms of the virtues in Nicomachean Ethics, book four. Clothing, utensils. And then he says, church services and solemn processions. All this is the activity of art. We might think as well about so many things that we, we have on the internet, right? People creating response videos on YouTube. Now, a lot of them are pretty cheesy and pretty schlocky and very well staged and all of that, but that could be considered a, a kind of art if it produces a similar response on our part, especially if we've seen the video before, it could be the object of disgust, like when the things about people sharing cups were a big thing on the internet. You know, you see some gross, right? And then you're like, yeah, that is kind of gross. Or it could be, uh, you know, watching other things that they're participating in, scary things. Oh, they respond and now you're scared too. It could also be fan fiction, cosplay could be part of that. I mean, we already talked about clothing, but think about what's going on when people engage in cosplay. Are they just doing something that's only for themselves? Sometimes they could be, but a lot of times they want other people to see it and participate in it in a certain way. Sometimes they get participation in ways that they don't like, particularly if they're female. Well, the costumes don't even have to be all that scanty. We actually, we have cosplayers in the Wisconsin Center, just a, a block from where we shoot. And you know, you can walk around and see the skeevy guys looking at the cosplayers. Not exactly what Tolstoy has in mind there because there's not a communion. Rather, the, the cosplaying should be something like enjoyment right? Celebration of fandom. And so there's a, a huge an incredibly huge expanse of things that could be considered art. Tolstoy does not talk here about, you know, say cuisine or homebrewing, but perhaps that could be fitted in there as well, or children's games that they play stylized types of things. So art in the Tolstoyan sense could pervade our entire life. He does think that it is tragic that because of the way the world is organized, many people don't get to participate in those forms of art and have other more narrow conceptions of art foisted upon them that they can't really relate to and can't have a communion in. But potentially art is everywhere. And Tolstoy notes later on in chapter eight that art can really come from anywhere. It doesn't just come from the elites. That's one of the interesting things about this conception of art. Anybody could be a producer. Anybody can be a participator. Anybody can be a consumer. Anybody can be a reproducer. And you could say remix some of these things as well. So art has a pretty wide scope when understood in its broad sense, according to Leo Tolstoy. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.